0: This is Project Keto. Today we have a special bonus episode with one of my favorite people, Leanne Vogel from Healthful Pursuit. Leanne is the author of the Keto Diet book, and she's the founder of Happy Keto Body, which is an online 12-week course. Leanne is also the host of one of my absolute favorite podcasts, the Keto Diet Podcast. So welcome to the show, Leanne.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Madeline. This is awesome.
0: Yes, I feel like we're already best friends just so you know. I've been right. li- <laughs> I've been listening to you and watching you for a while now and I just love the content that you put out. So what I want to start with is hearing just a little bit more about your story because I have so many people in my keto classes who have asked to hear Where did you even come from and how did you get where you are now?
1: Yeah, so I studied holistic nutrition in 2007 and before that I had an experience with an eating disorder for over two decades and I really just wanted to understand how food Impacted my body and why I should even care. And so that kind of started the whole process. By the time I graduated, I felt like I knew so much that I couldn't not share it with the world. And so I met with clients and I really didn't like that. I felt like my energy could be far better used on like a broader scale. And that's when one of my clients had the idea of starting a website And so I started Healthful Pursuit. My dad came up with the name, thank goodness, because he said, I'm always changing my lifestyle. I'm always changing what I'm eating, where I'm living, what I'm doing, that if I name it Raw Vegan Leanne... (laughs) That would not stick with me for very long. And boy, was he right. So I started um, Healthful Pursuit in 2010. And um, I was a raw vegan. And I blogged about being a raw vegan for quite some time. When I studied holistic nutrition, rewind a couple of years back, um, I stopped hormonal birth control because I learned that it wasn't so good for you. And so um, I did get a period. And I went to the doctor after six months of not getting a period. And they said, well, do you want to get pregnant? And I said, no. And they're like, what's the big deal? Come back in like a year if it doesn't come back. A year goes by, still don't have my period, go back to the doctor. And they're like, well, it's fine. I mean, you don't want kids. Come back if you want kids. So I've set up healthful pursuit. I'm still not getting a period. I'm um, struggling with not so much at that point. I did notice that my ADHD got progressively worse. I kept having to increase my medication. I started dealing with deep sadness. Um, I don't want to say depression because it was never diagnosed, but I was just anxious and sad and my brain just didn't feel right. And I was uh, training for a triathlon and was um, competitively running for years. I started working with a new coach and we put myself on a new program because I was dealing with a lot of issues, just trying to up upregulate my body and she asked me in one of our coaching sessions like you should be gaining more muscle like when was your last period and I'm like counting she must have thought like days I don't know and I was like six years she's like Leanne what the heck And so I went to a naturopathic doctor. She recommended a low-carb diet. I found keto, and I decided as a vegan that I was just going to try keto, eating meat, bacon, mayonnaise, all the things for 30 days, see what happens. I I tried it for 30 days, and that was five years ago, and I've never looked back. And so that's kind of what brought me to keto. Um, And I stayed uh, because I started feeling really good, and it just became a matter of, customizing keto to work for my body. And that was a huge lesson I've had to learn multiple times on keto of like, don't pay attention to all the other people out there saying there's only one way to do keto and really follow, follow your gut and your hormones and your brain and do what you feel is right for you. And that's, that's kind of where I've stayed over the last couple of years. And I happy to report, got my period back um, and have been ovulating, menstruating, all the eightings um, since 2015. So it's pretty awesome.
0: That is awesome. And I'm really glad that you brought that up about fine tuning and figuring out exactly what version of keto works for your body. And I just can't agree with that enough that especially for women, there is not one way of doing this. And also. Uh, Many people, including myself, will find, wow, this exact plan or these exact macros work perfect. And then a week or two weeks or a year later, it doesn't work at all. So I've been doing whatever it takes to help people figure out how do you manipulate what you're eating and even figure out what you should be doing for your body at that time. And in your book, and if you're watching this on the video, I have the book here and I've got all my tabs. I have it out all the time. Um, In your book, The Keto Diet, you talk about three different paths for keto. And one of them is low carb, high fat. One of them is moderate fat, high protein. And then one of them is the first version, but with carb ups. Is that right?
1: yeah I mean you know it better than me that 's awesome yes, <laughs> I,
0: I read it all the time, but um I, I just want to know how can somebody figure out which one is for them?
1: yeah, so I think the best way to determine is if what you 're doing isn 't working, then it 's not working, and you need to change something, and so that 's always been my thing if what i 'm doing isn 't working, I owe it to myself to figure out what can and and to change, and that 's okay and to your point of you know, when we are women, and we are still in our reproductive years, what we need in our day one to five of our cycle is going to be different than 12 to 16, which is going to be different than six to 11 and different than 17 to 28. Our, our cycle really dictates what sort of keto we follow. So if you're a woman in reproductive years, chances are that you're gonna be following more of a high protein protocol for days one to five of your cycle. And then maybe days six to 11, about two days before ovulation, this is where you are keto, like low carb, high fat, amazing. You have lots of energy. You're able to work out easily on this protocol. Um, And then you find two days before and two days after you ovulate, you're probably going to be craving more carbohydrates in the form of glutathione-rich foods like um, apples, grapefruit, tomatoes, oranges. And so you might be incorporating more carb-ups during that time. And when I say carb-up, it's basically you're adding a touch of carbs in the evening, in your evening meal, and just taking out some of your fat. And then days 17 to 28 of your cycle this is where you're doing carb ups, but they're more starchy based. So instead of doing carb ups in preparation for ovulation, now you're doing carb ups, usually at the end of the of the like between days 17 to 28, assuming your cycles 28 days, like day 25, 26, 27, 28, I usually carb up every night. And maybe from days 17 to 25, maybe I do like one carb up there. And so Where you're at in your cycle dictates what sort of keto you can be following, um, where your hormones are at. So if you have low estrogen, you'd probably benefit from higher carbs. If you have high estrogen, lower carbs. And so you can kind of play around. Um, I have a great quiz in the keto diet that kind of goes through. Do you have this, that, or the other thing? Here are some ideas on what to follow, but it's, it's so customized. And like, I could talk for 500 hours about how to customize it and adjust it to work for your individual body. But I think to answer your question, it's like, if what you're doing isn't working, then something's got to change. And a good way to determine what uh, level you're at is really based on if you have more of a brain, uh, dysfunction, uh, you probably do better on higher fat, low carb. Whereas if you have hormones, it's probably going to be higher carb, um, not low fat by any means. Like we're talking like grams here, like small micrograms can make such a big difference. Um, Yeah, does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, it definitely does answer my question. And I've noticed for myself, applying some of those things, cycling carbs in, especially before my period, has made my experience with PMS so much better. So I just can't um, agree more with that. And then, especially for women, when, like, even if it's not a special time in your cycle, if you're having a higher anxiety time in your life or more stressful, would you recommend maybe trying some carbs on those days as well? Yeah,
1: that's a really, really always a good plan. And you'll find that when you're stressed, you just naturally crave carbohydrates. You're like, where are the potato chips? <laughs> so it yeah. can be nice to. Um, Encourage your body okay of like yeah, if you have an air fryer, we just got one of those It's like the best thing ever. I'll just like fry up some potatoes or sweet potatoes in the air fryer with avocado oil, and it just satisfies me so much more than don't eat the carbs, don't eat the carbs, don't eat the carbs, and then all of a sudden I end up like magically at a seven eleven with a bag of potato chips and I'm eating it in guilt, so yeah, it's just like interpreting that and um, wait not waiting until like disaster hits the fan like understand your body and, and act before it takes control of you sort of thing.
0: Sure. So would you even recommend that people count their macros?
1: That's a really good question. Um, I think macro counting has a, has a special place in everyone's keto protocol or can, especially when you first get started or you're changing things up. Um, I don't personally count anymore because of my history with an eating disorder. It's always a recipe for disaster, no matter what I'm trying to do. Now I've, I've tried lying to myself of the fact that I just want to gain muscle and work out more. And that's why I'm counting. And it's always a lie to myself. And so for myself with my history, I do not count. Um, But what I will do is write down on a piece of paper in a journal of like what I ate that day, how I was feeling. And I can kind of base it on that of like, I can look back in my journal and be like, "Ooh, it looks like I ate more carbs than normal that day. So maybe I need to like lower it and try these new things. But I think when you're first getting started, if you don't know what a carb or a protein or a fat is, and you don't know how much you require it. Can be nice to like track, get a sense of what that means, how it works, and then stop tracking. Go like a week, see how that goes. Then maybe track a day, see how that goes. See if maybe your eyes got a bit bigger than your stomach, and you all of a sudden started making bigger meals, and you didn't want those meals. Um, and it can be, it can be a tool, but it doesn't have to be this like thing you do every single moment, and can really stand in the way of your progress when you don't listen to your body.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Now, I'm going to switch gears a little bit because I've been having this burning question and I haven't had anybody be able to answer it for me. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, I hope that you can. Okay. I've been really curious about carnivore. Now, when I first heard about it, I well, I've been hearing about it for like over a year now, and I just every time I see the word carnivore, I'm like, it's "Not I don't care about that. I would never do that. I'm all about diet variation. I'm all about eating a lot of vegetables. I love meat, but I just thought that was like for extreme crazy people. But then I've been hearing more and more information about it from people in the keto world, like specifically women that I really trust and I really like. So last week I decided to try it and I hate it. And I feel like (laughs) I. I don't know how people can feel good doing this. Maybe men, like men who are really, really healthy and are resilient. But for me, I feel like I am dying without the carbs. And so I'm not, I'm not doing that as of like right now. So what is your opinion of carnivore?
1: Uh, my personal opinion and I, I didn't know it was carnivore at the time, but I've definitely played around with an all meat diet, especially on keto after the six month period. I'm like, what is this going to do? Does gluconeogenesis actually happen like this? Because I had learned in school that it was a demand driven process, not just this, Oh my gosh, I ate protein. Now I'm filled with glucose issue. And so I definitely played around with that, but I just feel really toxic. Like I just, I don't feel right eating all that meat. And it could be because I, I've been vegan for 8 years and I just I I live such a plant-based eating style but I mean there's times in my life because I travel full time where I eat a lot of animal protein because it's all I have available to me but I think personally I don't know if I could do it. Now I don't know if that will change. I don't like to discount anything like who knows maybe in 20 years I'll be carnivore. I have no idea. But I think generally speaking for any eating style, and this goes for like AIP and keto and paleo and all these things, there has to be a reason why you're doing stuff. And if what you're doing isn't working to get back to that, then you owe yourself to try something different. So if you're on a ketogenic diet and you've tried all these different things and you've manipulated stuff and it's just not working, why not try it? I would definitely chat with a healthcare provider before you adjust anything to do with any eating style, because you don't know what could be happening. I think the concern I have, and it could be not, uh, it could be incorrect because I don't know enough about carnivore. And I'm sure if there's a carnivore people, person listening, who's like, she's so wrong. I totally could be. I'm always worried about inflammation. Like I just feel like our HSCRP, um, would go up and, uh, especially, I mean, and
0: what is yeah. that? Tell people what that, means, yeah. What that high,
1: sensitivity, is. Uh, high sensitivity, high sensitivity C reactive protein. So that's a signal in your body, um, of inflammation and is usually something that I look for in blood work with my clients, um, and people that I work with. And I interviewed somebody that had been on carnivore for three years and I asked to see her blood work and I looked through everything, um, And I had a lot of concerns with the inflammatory factors. And so I don't know um, if it's a long-term thing that I would ever recommend, but I, I do see the validity of it being a good elimination diet. Like if you're having issues with all sorts of food and you can't figure it out, Going carnivore for 30 days is going to be helpful, but I think what a lot of people do is they go carnivore for 30 days, then they go back to the same way that they ate before, and then they deal with all this bloating and headaches and they're like, "Oh, I'm going back to carnivore." And it's like, "Whoa. Well, wait, you just went from not eating plants for 30 days to then eating plants a lot of plants and you expect it you expect your body to just take it. Well, of course it's not." So I think it's really important that we see it as an elimination protocol. And if we do add food back in that's non-carnivore, we should take it slow like an elimination diet, slowly incorporating foods one at a time and making sure that they're feeling good with our body. But I don't know enough about carnivore to be like, it's the worst thing or it's the best thing. I think it really comes down to what eating style works best for you. Like vegan did not work for me at all but I've met a lot of healthy vegans that are thriving, feel amazing. Their blood work is awesome. So who am I to say that they shouldn't do it? It's just maybe not something I would try right now.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, a lot of these topics like carnivore and counting macros can feel overwhelming to everyone who's listening, who is just starting out, or maybe maybe you haven't even started doing keto yet and you're just thinking about it. So what is the number one thing that you hear from people who are starting with keto, who that's a struggle of theirs?
1: Number one thing, starting with keto, major struggle, keto flu, I would say, I think we don't put enough time and energy into understanding how horrible keto flu can be and i experienced keto flu for weeks when i started keto because at that time nobody was talking about keto flu in 2014 like none of the books i read before i started it n- nothing so when i started eating keto and i started feeling like absolute hot garbage i was like what is going on but it's amazing what a little what a little bit of salt can do in your diet and when i started just i would take a little mason jar fill it up with 2 teaspoons of salt and then make sure that I had at least that amount of salt in a day. I started supplementing with a little bit of electrolyte powder until I realized, duh, bone broth has the same. So then I just switched to having bone broth every day. And since doing that, I'm fine. As long as I have a bone broth a day and I make sure I eat my salt. And um, I, I just don't think that we take uh, it's serious enough, and then we feel like garbage, and then we stop doing keto. And really, it was just that we needed more salt. So I would say, like, that's, that's like the number one thing that I see people stop doing keto too early because they're just not eating enough salt and bone broth. Yeah, that makes
0: a ton of sense. Now, I'm just curious, do you address the keto flu in the Happy Keto Body Program?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there are multiple modules on it. Um, there's, uh, handouts on it, worksheets on it. Um, And really, it's just a practice that we should all be doing on keto, whether you're on day one or day 563. Um, And I think if you make bone broth a big part of your keto practice, like you really can't go wrong. Not only does it have all the electrolytes you need to avoid keto flu, but it also has um, glycine, which can be so helpful with gut. And I find that there's just so many women that struggle with gut health and just having that bone broth every day is just so beneficial.
0: And you probably talk about gut healing in the program too. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So Happy Keto Body takes uh, women through 12 weeks of using keto to heal their body. And in one of the weeks, I think it's week 10, where we really get into gut health. But we really wanted to build a program that kind of built on itself. And although we might say like drink bone broth because of electrolyte balance in week one, we're getting you geared up to hold whole gut healing without even saying like this is healing your gut until we get to week 10 and then we're saying like hey these are all the gut steps you're already doing you're welcome and let's dig a little bit deeper and find out if there's a history of SIBO or dysbiosis or any of those um leaky gut and and really how to how to balance that out with your ketogenic protocol so yeah we we definitely get into that
0: That's awesome. And I'm going to be linking to the Happy Keto Body program in the show notes, and you can find those at projectketopodcast.com. And you'll also be able to find them on Instagram if you're looking at any recent posts. And the program actually um, opens up for registration tomorrow on January 10th. Is that right? Yeah, it's open from January 10th to January
1: 17th. And we open it up for a short period of time just so we can take students through the class because there's a membership level, uh, the VIP membership level that gives uh, women access to uh, a doctor, a registered dietitian, and myself for group coaching calls. So we like to take our take our students through it. And then those students also get access to monthly group coaching calls lifetime of the program. So after the 12 weeks, if they need help with something, they just jump on a coaching call with the whole group, ask their questions. Um, and yeah, so it, it opens up January 10th, closes on January 17th. Um, and it's just something that I, I wish existed when I was first starting with keto to really empower myself to put my health into my own hands and 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 become empowered with the ability to ask the tough questions and understand my body and not have to always seek for the answers outside of myself to really empower myself to, oh, I know the answer to this. I'll just go into my toolkit. There it is. I got that. And it's, it becomes so much easier to do life when you understand your body.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It sounds to me like the program could be like a really good replacement for like, Weekly or even more than weekly one-on-one coaching like a lot of people can't afford or can't find somebody to coach them through keto from start to finish and that can take years and thousands or even more than thousands of dollars and is that right? Like, could somebody get that kind of benefit from a program like this?
1: Yeah, I think what what it really relies upon is you taking your health into your own hands. And if you're somebody who just wants somebody to be like, do this, and then this, and then this, this is not the program for you. Um, and and I'm totally comfortable saying that because I want to make sure that you that you're happy and you get what you want. But throughout each of the week modules, and if you choose a lifetime access, you'll have access to these videos as we update them, and access to the workbooks. As as we update them and go through them so that you can continue to go back. Because I think when you work one-on-one with somebody, you're dealing with your issues right now. So you're going through all your issues that you have right now. You're dealing with those issues right now. But what happens when you deal with a new issue? Because your body's always evolving. Like you said at the beginning, it's like, I don't have the same body that I had a year ago and I require different things. And so you can't really go back to that coaching experience and be like, Hey, I have this other thing. But the cool thing about happy keto body is that you're learning things and there's, uh, there's items and modules that may not apply to you now, but you can always go back to them when you're, maybe you're dealing with, um, spotting on your period, you know, five weeks into keto and you learn about that in week two and you're like, ah, okay, now I know what that is. And you can go back. And I think that's what's so invaluable about this program is that it grows with you. And and that one-on-one situation, even as a coach, like what I said, when I was dealing, when I was working with clients one-on-one, I just felt like I'm doing such a disservice. Like I could be helping thousands of women at the same time, encouraging them to work with one another, be inspired by one another and share information that they can constantly go back to. Like this woman is not going to take this information a year from now and still even remember it. So I think that's, you know, why I really transitioned to online and to have this content that would be there for them when they needed it and have calls that they could go to when they needed it. um, So it can grow with the woman, not have her outgrow the program.
0: Yeah, that is just so amazing. I just... I I just hope that everybody jumps on board and gets the help that they need, whether it's Happy Keto Body or listening to the podcast or just following along on Instagram. There's just so many ways to get this information. And before we finish up, though, we have a new segment for season two of the podcast that is called, What Am I Doing This Week? And you get to answer that question today. So it can be something that has to do with keto or health or something completely different. What is something that you've just been doing this week? (laughs) Well, we're
1: launching Happy Keto Body, so it's been crazy. But at the same time, so I live in a sailboat full-time, and we have been doing a lot of navigation planning because we're crossing the Gulf Stream um, in the next couple of days. So I've been doing a lot of like checking weather, checking wind, looking at fronts. And so that's been a a large part of my week and will continue to be until the end of the weekend. So that's what I've been doing this week. Weather.
0: I love hearing about your life on the sailboat and I think it's so funny because it's so interesting to me even though like I've never lived on a boat and I probably won't ever and I'm not really that interested in boats but it's like so interesting to see what that's actually like so thanks for posting updates and little stories and things so frequently about that.
1: Oh yeah of course yeah I have no idea what I'm doing on boats either if that makes you feel any better I'm totally curious. Well that's
0: always where like the best things in your life come from is just- that you say, well, I'm doing this and I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. You have no
1: expectations. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's just so cool. And so inspirational. Well, that is all the time that we have today. So thank you for joining me, Leanne. And I hope we get to talk again soon. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is a blast, Madeline. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.